Welcome back to Who Me with Sarah. Today's episode is going to be deeply personal and, and honest, which is the whole disclaimer of this podcast that all the episodes, whether it's just me or with a guest, will always be honest and raw. And today I'm going to be exploring the topic, where did you get that from? Um... So I'm a product designer by profession and in product design, we always carry out a lot of UX research. If we want to implement something, an idea, or we already have something implemented and we want to test it out, we carry out UX research to see what people think um, and the minds of our potential users before we release something. Recently in my personal life, I've been turning that methodology on myself as a person. Now, um, I want to note here that I don't think the opinions of others should be the, you know, end goal for how you see yourself. As a believer, I see myself the way God sees me. My identity is in Christ. However, oftentimes we can gauge how people perceive us to see hidden attitudes or behaviors about ourselves that we never really knew existed you know um and i did that recently how did i do that i had honest conversations with friends and asked you know what are the pros and cons of having a friend like sarah what are the pros and cons of knowing me how do you think i could improve as a person and i tried to collect the feedback and see you know what was repetitive? What was the thing that was always coming up, you know? And um, one of the things that was always coming up is, Sarah, you argue way too much. And I started to argue that I don't argue <laughs> so much, thereby proving their point that I argue, right? And um, personally to me, I would always say I'm a chill, down-to-earth person. But then... I got all this data and feedback that I may not be perceived as down to earth as I feel. Someone may find me, um, what's the word? Well, the opposite of down to earth, right? A high maintenance. Uh -huh. And to me, that's not my reality. But the perception to another person is I am high maintenance. Then again, I guess what is down to earth and high maintenance you know, shifts from person to person. So back to the story. I collected all this feedback and I started to see um, you're a bit too vulnerable with people you just met. You're, um, you need to work on boundaries. You are um, argumentative or defensive. You always have to have an answer to everything. Um, you don't ask for help and you don't know how to let people in you sometimes um blow a fuse on the smallest things right and um of course i'm, I'm only speaking about the cons because this this is what is relevant to this conversation they did highlight a lot of things that they did love about me like loyalty and friendship and and you know um a bunch of other things but focusing on the cons, 
I looked at them and I started to really think, where did I get all of this? Where did all these things come from? Some of the things that they mentioned were not new to me. I mean, I'm self-reflective to the point where I know that these are things that I, I need to work on. But I started to really ask myself, at what point in my life, at what point in my time on earth did this become a thing, right? And I realized that it goes back all the way to my childhood. Now, oftentimes when we use the word dysfunctional or a dysfunctional family, we always see it in such a negative light. We see it in a, oh, somebody came from a broken home or, you know, someone came from um, like a home where things were necessarily not safe for them. Uh, yeah, like one of the parents or two of the parents had like bad behaviors and, and things like that. And that typically is what people uh, would picture when you say dysfunctional family. But I kind of want to challenge the idea that a dysfunctional family is just those kind of pictures and highlight that dysfunctional in a sense uh, may not always be negative, but could speak to deficiency, right? Uh, growing up, I grew up with four other siblings and a single mom. My dad passed away when I was two years old. And so <laughs> as a baby, I always like to say, I like to say I never met him, but of course I did. So more accurately, I don't remember him. Growing up, my mom was, to me, the female version of Clark Kent. She was superwoman. She showed me what it was like to be a woman in uh, working in a male-dominated industry. She showed me what it was like to have um, responsibilities, bills and things to do and get through it by just thinking about creative ways to solve it or being hardworking to the point where the hard work actually pays off, right? Uh, she showed me and my siblings what it was like to be strong even when you don't know what to do next or who to turn to, right? I didn't grow up with a, a lot of engagements from extended family, uh, cousins and uncles and aunties. Few, but not a lot. And, you know, my mom was my defining moment of what it's like to be an adult. Yes. And... Going back to that whole ideology of dysfunctional, which I, I, I'm characterizing as deficient, I did not see God's idea for a full family unit. A mom and a dad co-parenting God's way to raise children. And you may feel, oh, what does that have to do with anything? Well, it has to do with a lot. Because we are what we see. We become often um, products of our environment or our circumstances. And so growing up with such a wonderful Rome model, um, alone, single parenting, uh, me and my siblings, really shaped the kind of woman that I became. I grew up 
feeling like I had to be strong. I had to be always put together. I had to be independent. I had to care for myself. I had to um, not really lean on people or rely on people, but rely always on my hard work or my plans or my ideas. And I had to be prepared that, you know, um, people could leave and, and I have to pick up the pieces by myself again. And while that has been something that has served me through the journey of life, gotten me through hard moments of high school and university and uh, being an NYC member, I'm at a place in my life where now building genuine friendship relationships, romantic relationships, and one day in marriage is something that's at the forefront of my mind. And this is the moment where understanding how that upbringing affected who I am as a person is coming to light. And this is the moment for me to do something about it. So I don't know if you can relate to growing up um, with a with a deficiency or growing up with a dysfunction, the general dysfunction in terms of a broken home or a home that wasn't necessarily safe. And if you've actually questioned yourself how that shaped the kind of person that you are, the ideologies that you got, some good, some bad, the the attitudes and the mannerisms that maybe you absorbed from the people who were in your life during your formative years and how that has shaped your character and attitude and approach to life in good ways and bad ways because if we do not address these things and take them as the natural evolution of life we tend to not know what we need to improve on we can only improve on on you can only improve on what you know to improve on you can't uh have a general list of improvements like oh everyone is expected to be nice and charitable and loving and so on and so forth you as a person you have good qualities and you have qualities you need to address and before you address them you should critically ask yourself where did they come from it's going to help you understand why they were formed and what you can do about them for me Having gotten to this point where I understand the history of where these attitudes came from, I've identified the attitudes and the mannerisms and the things that I need to work on. The next thing that is important to me is replacing or or reshaping those things from God's perspective and from genuine sources of knowledge, right? Because not every source of knowledge is a good source of knowledge. There's many things out there that will tell me that I am I am a I am a okay to even have these uh, negative characteristics, mannerisms, attitudes. Um, there, I'm. It could be a feminist agenda. It could be don't ever let yourself get caught by a man. Don't ever let yourself feel um, you know less than. Keep on striving. Keep on. Keep on being the queen that you are, strong, independent, and all of that. And while that sounds nice to hear, 
it is directly harmful to the relationships that we were called to have on earth. No man is an island. It's a popular thing we say all the time. But there's a reason for that. As humans, we are social creatures. We need to build these relationships, these friendships. And um, when you take information that makes you feel like um, that's how you are and don't change for anybody and people have to accommodate the bad that you do because that's how you are that is you just shutting a door to the better person that God wants you to be or you could be right and so going back to sources of knowledge it's been interesting for me to reach out to people who I see were self-reflective about their lives, who came and um, identified that I have these negative characteristics or I'm living a life that shows that I'm producing bad fruit. And biblically eth- uh, and ethically went through the surgery of transforming or cutting out those things. And now I have gotten to a place where they can help others do the same. Those are the people that I reach out to, to share about what I, I'm I'm going through, what I'm understanding about myself and asking how they got to the other side, right? Another resource for me, of course, is letting God transform me by his spirit. The Holy Spirit can do a lot of emotional surgery in us if we let him. He can show us and expose even more than people the attitudes the characters the secret sins the 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 uh, i, I want to say the impurities um reading this book over this weekend it was explaining about the process of gold being refined and the fact that when gold is heated to really high um temperatures we actually start to see the impurities in the metal and the refiner sees these impurities and takes a big spoon and scoops them out, throws them away. And at the end, we're left with just shining, translucent, pure gold. And I feel so heavily that that is the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives to help bring out these impurities in trials, in 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 life, in in prayer, show us reflectively uh, with the help of the Word of God as a mirror that this is what you're dealing with. This is these are the things that need to change, and if we let Him, He'll scoop up all of those impurities and throw them away. And that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm not sweeping all the things I need to work on under a rug of that's who I am. I'm not letting my past history or the life that I came from define me um, and become so rigid that I don't change, right? Because change is constant. And transformation of who we are, even as we grow as humans, happens all the time. Experiences are shaping us. Um, What we put into our lives, the knowledge that we put into our lives transforms us. But the most important thing to ask ourselves is what is transforming us? What are we letting transform us? Right? So I just want to challenge you a bit. 
have honest conversations with people in your life and what are those perceptions that keep coming up that indicate there's something for you to really critically look at about yourself where do you think it came from and what do you think you can do about it thank you so much for listening to this episode of who me and hopefully i'll see you in the next episode bye